Welcome, everyone. Uh, today on the podcast, we're doing our annual gear guide. Um, this is the time of year when we're trying to find stuff to buy for our athletes. And we've got a lot of great, great uh, recommendations, everything from gear to clothing and apparel. Uh, George is, of course, going to talk about sunglasses. Um, we did a whole section on stocking stuffers and things that will not fit in a stocking. Um, some technology items. Um, and George is a great book um, recommendation also. So I, I encourage you to listen to the whole thing so you can get all the way down to that book recommendation. But um, thank you for listening to the podcast. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by High Echelon. You can find them at highechelloncpa.com. High Echelon PC is a nationwide CPA firm in Atlanta focused on a great client experience. High Echelon provides top quality work with total transparency, so clients always know exactly what they're getting. They believe accounting doesn't need to be complicated and that clients should always get the experience they deserve, which includes top-notch accounting, tax and payroll services, timely communication, complete data flow, and the best automation and security. Book a call or drop them a line at their website, highecheloncpa.com. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by Elemental Altitude Training Center. You can find them at elementalaltitude.com. Elemental Altitude is Atlanta's best and only altitude training facility. At Elemental Altitude's state-of-the-art indoor training center, they are capable of simulating elevation up to 24,000 feet. Training in the thinner air and lack of oxygen prompts an increase in red blood cells, meaning that more oxygen can be delivered to your working muscles on race day. Athletes undertaking all sorts of goals from rugged mountain climbs to flat sea level marathons to Ironman triathlons train in the hypoxic environment created at Elemental Altitude. I trained there several times myself ahead of my successful race at the London Marathon in 2022. In addition, Elemental Altitude hosts a variety of physiological testing such as sweat testing, blood lactate testing, VO2 max testing, and a variety of metabolic testing which can tell you your resting metabolic rate and the types and amounts of fuel you're burning at different training and racing intensities. Drop them a line at info at elementalaltitude.com if you have questions or you want to set up an appointment. Again, their website is elementalaltitude.com. Finally, the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by Blue Pineapple Travel. You can find them at bluepineappletravel.com. Blue Pineapple Travel is an agency of experienced travel advisors who help you design the perfect trip. Blue Pineapple Travel advisors are all well-traveled and knowledgeable, and they will be your advocates from start to finish. They love to help people plan their travel, whether it's for a race, a family trip, a weekend getaway, or the trip of a lifetime. Their goal is to match you with the trip that you want. Relaxation or adventure, traveling solo or with a group inside the U.S. or abroad, Blue Pineapple Travel can plan exactly the trip that you want. Find them online at bluepineappletravel.com and see some of the great places that folks who have worked with Blue Pineapple Travel go on their Instagram, at bluepineappletravel. Thanks to all of our sponsors who help us bring you the most pleasant exhaustion podcast. Everybody and welcome back to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast, brought to you by High Echelon PC, Blue Pineapple Travel, MPE Coaching, and Elemental Altitude Training Center. My name is George Darden. I'm an endurance athlete and coach here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a college professor and I'm a father of twin boys. My name is Michelle Frank. I'm also an endurance athlete here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a CPA and a mom to three girls. And my name is Eric Hall. I'm an endurance athlete 
Sometimes coach in Raleigh, <laughs> North Carolina. I'm the father to three baby adults and the husband to a beautiful wife, Melissa. Eric is back. I'm super excited that you're here, Eric. It didn't really dawn on me how excited I am to see you once again until we actually started introducing ourselves again. Um, so how you been, man? I've been all right. Uh, it's been a, a busy time for us. Um, lots going on, and um, but it's good to be back. Right on. You doing any running? I have just... So I've been doing about 30 miles a week, I think for four or five weeks, mm -hmm. I've been mixing in some riding in there. And I think mm -hmm. this week, actually the end of last week, I realized, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I need to start, uh, layering in some more miles. So this week, maybe get up 35, 40 miles and then we'll see where we go from there. So awesome. yep, I've been doing some running. Very good. Very good. And Michelle, we know you've been running. In fact, you ran your longest long run of this marathon build this morning, only a few hours ago, right? How are you feeling? I mean, how should I tell everybody on a podcast I'm feeling or how am I really feeling? <laughs> I feel great. Is there a difference? I, um, there's been a little bit of whining today and, you know, but yeah, I think it was pretty good. I have to give it to, you know, a 30 what three degree morning with clear skies, low humidity, a little bit of sunshine coming out. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. I'm awesome. happy always to also get it out of the way on a Friday morning. We've got a really busy weekend this weekend, um, tickets to the Nutcracker on Saturday night. So I had lots of reasons why I needed to do it this morning and I'm glad it worked out and I'm really glad it's done. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I, I joked, but it wasn't really a joke, that starting at the stroke of 8.30, I began hitting refresh on Strava over and I was like, let's see it, let's see it, let's see it. Because I knew that you started on an even number. I know that you like to start runs at 5.30 in the morning. And I knew that you were going to run certainly not a minute less than three hours, but probably <laughs> not really a minute more than three hours either. Uh, and no so way. right there at 8.30, I was expecting it. And I didn't see it until like 10.30. What was that about? Yeah, so I planned to try to start as close as I could to daylight with mm -hmm. um, the understanding or the wherewithal that I needed to be showered and on camera for an 11 o'clock call. Mm -hmm. And I figured I needed a 6.45 start. And I think I started maybe like 6.38, 6.40. It was still more stoppage time than I would expect, especially having been uh, down at the river. But I guess I tried to... I took gels at like 30, 30, 40, 40. And twice I'm having this problem with the Morton gels. I'm ripping off the, where you rip it and I'm not getting it open. And, mm -hmm. and I know I've mentioned this before. This is the third and fourth time it's happened to me in the last six weeks. So mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, my mouth is obviously wet. If I put my teeth on it to rip it open, my hands are sweaty. Mm -hmm. So if I miss the tab, then that thing is not coming open. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my workout was never going to upload until about nine 45, 10, but I do think it was, I didn't get, I got home at 10 22. Okay. So sorry for the delay. What no the worries. heck? <laughs> no worries. I was just eager. And, so. and, and it, and it seems as if it went very well. And so I, I think the, the weight was well worth it. It seems if it went very well. Yeah. Well, you put my watch beeped every time I went below 851 pace, George. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Like, could I have a little bit of wiggle room? So every <laughs> single time it was, that was honestly, I would have taken my watch off and thrown it away, but then you don't get the posted on Strava. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, good that was know. the only downside. <laughs> All right. Good to know. Very good. Very good. Well, well done. Well done. And we are excited about uh, the last four weeks of your build towards the Houston Marathon here. It is gift guide week, as we said before, here on the Most Pleasant Exhaustion podcast. Um, last year, we recorded the gift guide on Black Friday. We recorded it the day after Thanksgiving, which might have been a little bit more appropriate. But I think we're kind of going to be releasing this right in the heart of all the other gift guides, because I feel like I, I've seen a lot of them over the course of the past four or five days here. So, um, But here we are on December 15th, putting out our holiday gift guide here. We're only going to have one more podcast this year in 2020. And that's going to be our kind of year in review and resolutions for next year, which which I look forward to. And we'll record that sometime over the course of the next couple of weeks and probably release that during festive week, the week in between uh, Christmas and New Year's. But um, let's not wait any longer here. Uh, let's talk about the gift guide. Both of y'all are like gear folks. And so I'm always very eager to hear what it is that, that you have tried this year that you like. Um, and so, Eric, why don't we start with you, man? Um, what is the uh, first thing, and not necessarily the, the most important or biggest recommendation, but but what, what's the first piece of gear you want to recommend here for the uh, the gift guide? So I guess I'll start with the thing I've used the most. Good idea. And the thing that's newest. I, I, that might not actually be true that I've used it the most, but I'll say the thing that's the newest that I've used, the new thing I've used the most. How's that? There we go. Um, <laughs> so George, you've had your 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 bottle quiver for quite a while just admired it um and <laughs> one of the things you've always said is i can't run with things in my hand right and i've sort of always poo-pooed that and said ah what's the big deal run with a bottle in your hand no big deal or i'll just wear a vest like my solomon vest the one that michelle and i have we have different versions but basically the same vest um but this year, and we've talked about it on the podcast before, because I used it for Blue Ridge Relay um, this year, uh, I purchased that uh, Orange Mud uh, double barrel quiver. Mm -hmm. um, and I absolutely love the thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people would say, well, what's better than, you know, a, uh, you know, carrying a bottle? Well, one, your hand is free. Right. Uh, two, it's not like the unbalanced nature of having something in one hand and shifting it back and forth. Um, as I moved into the winter months, I, I wear gloves because I have uh, I have Renaud's disease in my hands, so they get extremely cold. So right. that impacts your ability to carry things. And then, but it's also not the whole vest, um, like like the Solomon vest. It's actually much less coverage on your body, and that's where it comes into. I sweat a lot. So wearing the Solomon vest, I've kind of poo-pooed Michelle where she says it's really hot, but it is. I mean, it does um, it does cover a good portion of your body and make you sweat. This does not. And it also carries a lot more liquid. Mm -hmm. um, so I can carry uh, I can carry almost 50 ounces easily. Um, I can carry more than that if I want to. Um, it also carries, you know, a couple of gels on each shoulder, and then I can just drop my cell phone, which I've started to carry more with uh, multiple kids driving, uh, mm -hmm. baby, baby adults, we'll stick with that, <laughs> uh, driving around. So, um, so yeah, I think it's a, it's a phenomenal product. Now, 
I've, I've given you like all the reasons why I like it, but I haven't really said like in use how great it is. Um, in use, it's phenomenal. It takes you like five minutes to get used to putting the quiver or the, the bottles back in the quiver and taking them out because it yeah. is over your shoulder, over your back, but it takes about five minutes to get used to that. I have not once dropped a bottle doing that. Um, Same. You're carrying hard, hard bottles, which are a lot easier to fill. Mm -hmm. um, when you when you get to an aid station or just in general, they're easier to clean. Also, they're easier to dry out, so they don't get they don't get moldy. Um, you know, I I don't have a negative um, about it, other than it's a little it's a little awkward at first because it's a little weird. It rides really high on your back, yeah. and it doesn't have a lot of coverage, um, so it feels weird. And maybe that was because I was transitioning from the Solomon pack, but um, I I like it. Mm -hmm. It's it's definitely it's taken over for the Solomon pack on, I'd say 75% of the, the runs where I carry water with me. And, cool. and from the summer, you know, we talked about, I sweat a lot. So being able to carry that much more water as a, or liquid, cause sometimes I'll carry um, some sort, sort of sports drink in there. I think it's a, it's a pretty awesome product. Very good. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, for me, I've never dropped a bottle either. And it's funny you say like, you have to get accustomed to pulling the bottle out and they call it a quiver. But it, and it does feel like you're pulling an arrow out of a quiver, <laughs> you know, um, but but, but, but um, uh, it took me a little while to learn how to put it back. And you pretty much just kind of put the bottle back there and just sort of let it go and it falls into place. Um, and so you kind of have to it's almost like a leap of faith that you just sort of stick it back there and drop it and it falls it's, in. Right. Um, but I've never done very accurate. Yeah, that's a very accurate way of saying it because you obviously can't see what you're doing. Right. And and sometimes it feels like well, the bottle's not going where it's supposed to. Like you're not really sure. And you do have to take that leap of faith of just letting go. And sure enough, it's. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, I haven't dropped one yet. So. Yeah. And I, I, I like, as you said, I, I like not having things in my hands. Um, it's very low profile and very light when it doesn't have water or anything in it. Right. Um, and then I also like, you know, you use a bike bottle with it. Um, you know, the bottles that you normally see on bicycles in bicycle cages. I like drinking out of like an actual bottle like that, um, as opposed to drinking out of like one of the little small, tiny bottles that go into a lot of the vests and that sort of thing. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm a fan. Um, and I, and I think that's a, that's a, a good suggestion. Uh, Michelle, what you got? So on the same kind of gear for the run, I'm loving, and I've talked about this before, but I've completely moved away from a headlamp and I wear an ultra spire light belt. It's a pretty pricey light belt, but there is a, another light belt, which actually provides more light <laughs> than the ultra spire light belt. It's about half the price and it's the light belt LB one, um, and it's a boutique kind of product, so to speak. Um, it's all that this company makes. But I think just a recommendation if you're out there and it's dark and it's dark now and to the seven o'clock hour, honestly. Um, and if you don't want to wear a headlamp or a headlamp gives you a headache like it does for me. And believe me, I've tried so many of them, just about every brand. Mm. I'm just such a huge fan of, you know, also hands-free and just strap it onto your waist and go and mm -hmm. it lights your way. So mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about it again because the light belt LB1 is actually provides more light. Mm -hmm. I haven't actually switched to it, but I know that it's a great product um, and thought that there's a expensive version and a not as expensive version mm -hmm. that could be on people's lists. So. Well, last year during our gift guide, you mentioned a headlamp. 
um, that you liked and it was from kind of a smaller company. Um, yeah. And it didn't work and, for me. <laughs> okay. Um, did it give you a yeah. headache? Is that why? Yeah. And it's funny because I saw, um, I mean, a lot of people that we know wear it, even, you know, just Allison Mercer, who we just had on the podcast, I saw her twice at the river this week wearing it. It looks comfortable. It is so lightweight. I think it's just something about where the band hits the mm -hmm. temples on the side of my head. And I, I just, I cannot wear a headlamp. So, 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 and when you wear a, when you wear a belt, does that not, I don't know, does that feel weird? Does that feel like it's going to fall down your legs or anything? Else no, like that? I, you don't feel it at all. And you don't, it doesn't, it's not like a light coming over your head and looking in front of you. So there's none of the, I sometimes felt like with, with a headlamp, you, I don't know, you could blink and, and just almost the way that the light hits my eyes coming from above my eyes down to the ground. This is not that at all. It's just like having kind of sidewalk lights lighting up the sidewalk or lighting up the road. Hmm. I guess maybe some people struggle to wear that type of, you know, around their waist when they run, but not to jump ahead, but like one of my other products is also a belt type product that well, I discovered yeah. and love. <laughs> well, so and, and, I'm and a big I, I was fan gonna of ask about that. Yeah. But because because those are those are suddenly kind of in style now. Um, like belt type products have come in style over the course of the past year. And it's not just in running, it's like in general. Fanny packs are in style right now. Um, yeah. But is, uh, is... Fanny, fanny packs were never and are not in style. <laughs> Sorry, that, is, that is 100% okay. not true. So and I don't uh, care who you are just... or where you Aaron, live, listen. you will never be in style. And There's if a difference between being in style and being cool. Being no, you guys. Eric Hall, you're so wrong. I just was in Milton, Milton, Georgia, and I have not been shockingly to every single Big Peach in the Metro Atlanta area. And Big Peach is a local running store for those listening who aren't local to Atlanta. And I stopped into the one in Swanee today. And as part of their retail, they carry the scene everywhere Lululemon fanny pack. And they yeah. said they sell it to people. And my girls have them. I have one. Most people I know wear it as like athleisure or, yep. you know, in place of a pocketbook. Yep. Um, yep. They said they sell it to people all the time for on the run. Your two daughters who don't run. Yes, huh? She just rocked her first 5K. So she does run. Kudos <laughs> to her. Big deal. <laughs> She's been running for a year and a half. Slay, girl, slay. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. You know, I'm, I'm not going to go to the Lululemon website and see what this thing looks like, but... Are we talking fanny pack? Are we talking like the Solomon pulse belt type thing? This is more of a fanny pack. The product that I put on our gift list is like in between a fanny pack and the Solomon pulse belt, actually. Okay. All right. Well, I'll say this. The, the pulse belt has been one of my also big go-to items for this year. So I can go for that. But once you put the big zipper pack on it and you use the word fanny to describe it, it is no longer cool no longer should it be in anybody's running paraphernalia i i will be wow. the first to say that at any given time i think that there are things that are in style that are ridiculous whether it's big <laughs> chunky giant sunglasses or fanny packs or whatever it happens to be um and so it might be at this particular moment the the ridiculous thing that is in style are fanny packs but there's no doubt that they are in style what i think is interesting is is that because they become fashionable outside of running that inside of running we've started having more of them being used 
in a functional way and not like the same ones, obviously, right? Not like the Lululemon ones that are made for athleisure, but like the, we have more of them actually now inside of running in a functional way because they're fashionable outside of running. And I think that's interesting. So what what is the one running specific, not fanny pack, but belts that we would say that that, that you like, Michelle? Yeah, I purchased the Bandit Run Belt and it's basically just, um, I would consider it like a cloth type of strap, like a hiking belt or something that literally just clips. Um, but the amazing thing about this is I can put my phone in there. I can put a few of the like Morton gel 100s in there and the side of it that sits up against your body has all the like anti-slip details. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like bumping or, you know, flapping against your back or anything. Some of the other ones like <clears throat> fit belt and spy belt, they kind of move around. They kind of, you know, you might be running and it's like, anyway. Um, <laughs> so, and it's waterproof. And sometimes I just don't have a good pair of running tights with a pocket that is deep enough or big enough for my phone and gels. And other times it's just too hard to get in and out of the pockets that I'm wearing versus just wearing this in the winter, especially if I have potentially two pairs of gloves on. So I decided to try this. I've never um, actually bought one of these for myself, but I'm really loving it. And it's like 35 or $40. So, you know, if you're looking for not a $10 gift, but not to spend a fortune on your, you know, running partner or running friend, I'm just really loving this product. So and yeah. and you can wear you can wear that and you can wear the the lights at the same time. You could. I don't do that. Uh, I do have to think about that. I do have to <laughs> make sure that if I'm wearing a light belt, I'm wearing tights that or shorts that I can use the pockets of. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not wearing the light belt, then I find that I would rather put my phone and stuff in this bandit run belt than use the pockets. I think we should, I know if someone's listening to the podcast and they hear about something they like, they're instantly going to go to the website and see the price of it. But I think we should price point some of these things. And I want to go back to the light belt because there is something cool about that, that I did not mention when we were talking about that. So the, the, the quiver, the double barrel quiver that I mentioned, that's about $110 if you're, if you're not getting it on sale. So if you go straight to the website, there might be shipping involved or something like that. So, you know, you're in like that hundred dollar range. I think it's a pretty realistic range. And then Michelle, you mentioned the light belt. I think the LB one is in the eighties. Oh yeah. It's a, yeah. The ultra spire is one sixty something. And I mentioned the LB one because it's half the price and it provides right. more light. And if you want to know why I, have the more expensive one. I didn't know about LB1 until about a year ago. Um, and I, you know, the feedback on it is pretty awesome. And if you just look at the lumens, it's giving you actually more light than mine. That's double the price. So yeah. (laughs) But then they have the LB2, which is the new version that's sold out. So I don't know what the price is. I tried to look that up. But what I wanted to mention that's cool about this is, and this company is pretty smart about doing this, the light belt and their headband actually use the same light. So you could actually have both. So if you're in this conundrum where I'm wearing something around my waist Mm, and I'm I'm not using the light belt for this reason or whatnot, I want to go ahead and put it on my head or I'm going to use it for backpacking or something else, I believe you can just buy the headband and then you can move the same light mechanism from the belt to the headband. Hmm. And I'm big on 
simplifying, simplifying, simplifying. So mm -hmm. I think that's a pretty cool function for the light bill. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So on the accessories tip, I'm going to talk about sunglasses. Um, and I should preface all of my uh, suggestions by saying that that I listened to last year's gear guide and found that many of my suggestions were kind of the same year over year. <laughs> and there might be some examples that I change, but but a lot of my examples or a lot of my suggestions are basically the same. Um, and uh, I don't think we talked about sunglasses last year, but we have talked about sunglasses in the past. Um, sunglasses are one of those things that you can give a fairly inexpensive pair of sunglasses. You can give sort of a mid-range pair or you can give a more expensive pair of sunglasses. Um, and and it's almost guaranteed <laughs> that, that, that what it is you're giving uh, will be a pretty good gift. Um, I, uh, I, as you all know, and as I've said before on this podcast, uh, very much dislike the single-use sunglasses. So the very cheapest sunglasses that are $25 from Gooder and that sort of thing, I strongly do not recommend. Um, you can wear them for a run or two and then they get scratched and then you can't really see through them and then they find their way into the landfill and then you buy another pair and that is their entire business model. Um, <laughs> um, I, I actually like sort of mid-range sunglasses. Um, I think Tifosi makes good sunglasses. I ran two marathons this year in the same pair of Tifosi sunglasses that I bought in Austin. Um, and I ran, uh, wore them in Austin and then also in Berlin. Um, and then I also like uh, Nate Sport. Um, uh, a standard pair of, of Tifosi sunglasses is going to run you about 40 or $50. Um, and then most Nate Sports are going to run you about $60, but they are running sales almost all the time where you buy one, get one free, buy one, get one half off, uh, two thirds off, things, things like that. So you can usually find them for somewhere around $40. I bought my first pair of Nate Sports um, at the Expo at the Philadelphia Marathon in 2018, wore them there. Um, I have since bought two more pair and I was wearing a pair of those when I ran London last year, as a matter of fact. Um, you'll appreciate this, Eric. I went on their website, which is like usasport.com or something like that. And they had all of these different sunglasses glasses, including some red frames, but a color of lenses that I didn't like. And so I sent him an email and said, hey, is it possible that you have any red frames with this smoke colored lens instead? And I heard back with, from them within about 12 hours and said, yeah, I think we got some of those laying around here. here. Let me uh, put that combination together for you and send it out to you. Um, and they did. And those are the kind of my go-to sunglasses in, in most marathons and, and most runs these days. Um, I wore them throughout the Blue Ridge Relay this year. So I cannot let your comment about the single use sunglasses just go. And I have two pairs of Gooder sunglasses and those are the only two pairs I've ever had and they have no scratches. I've worn them on, I don't know, 25, 30 runs a piece. I wear them all the time and I'm not running in, you know, th these aren't three mile road runs. I'm taking them off road. I'm running on road. I'm running five miles, 10 miles, 25 miles. Um, I've never run 26.2 miles in a pair of sunglasses, so I can't attest to the marathon distance, but that's just because I don't run marathons. Right. So George, I, I believe that sunglasses are definitely a very personal choice. And I'm glad that you found a, you know, the Tafosi. I agree with you on that. And I think 40 to $50 is a great price point. I do think though, you can buy a set of gooders or a couple, and those can be your go-tos also. Having said that, I have a pair of $120 natives and they're probably the best running sunglasses I've ever had. 
Yeah, I mean, you know I disagree on Gooders. <laughs> that has not been my experience with them at all. Um, and and certainly their business model is built around them not lasting for 25 runs, 30 runs, things like that. Uh, I, I'm that I am certain of. Um, but but I, I definitely agree with you that it is a very personal thing. Um, and it is something that, that that's different. Now, the natives you mentioned about $120. Um, I like a nice expensive pair of sunglasses too. Um, there was a time when my wife actually had to put the brakes on me buying sunglasses because she said I was getting a little bit too carried away back when I was a cyclist and a triathlete outside. Um, and so so I, I enjoy watching the most popular television show in the United States, Yellowstone, solely for the sunglasses they wear. Um, and so, <laughs> so so I can appreciate a good expensive pair of sunglasses. Um, do you have you have like an expensive pair of sunglasses, too, don't you? That is my native pair. Uh, okay. That's what you okay. were asking. And they have I thought, I thought you had a pair. Of, I thought you had a pair of Rokas. Yeah, he has Roka oh. glasses. Okay, right? so they're not sunglasses, yeah. and that they're regular glasses. Driving with that, these are regular regular glasses. I have three pair. I have two pair that are specifically for running, and then I have one pair that's more of my uh, work glasses for you know, reading small text or, or working on a computer. So thank you for bringing this up, George. The reason why this became, you know, something that I wanted to put on here was the only reason I know about these is because of Strava, you know, Strava had a, a coupon or something. And so I went to the website and I started looking around and friend of the podcast, Lee Ragsdale did, did also, and I found a pair I really liked. So I tried them out. And they have been absolutely phenomenal from a quality standpoint, from a customer service standpoint, because one of the reasons why I have two pairs that I run in is there was a small issue with one and they said, okay, fine, we'll send you out another pair right away, no questions asked. Yeah. And they did. Um, and then when I needed a new pair of uh, progressive lenses, I looked on the website, found the frames I liked, and I got another pair. Hmm. And from a, again, from a quality standpoint, from a customer service standpoint, just from a usability standpoint, they've been phenomenal glasses. So now people are like, well, why would you wear glasses when you run? Uh, I have astigmatism and in the early mornings and in the evenings as the sun gets low or it is low, I lose total depth perception mm -hmm. and off-road, that's not cool. That's crazy. Um, I'll trip, yeah, I'll trip over anything on the trails um, early in the morning or in the evening. So they've become a real staple uh, for my, you know, especially, you know, 24, even 12 hour races. So have you considered getting a pair of Roka sunglasses then? Because Roka has its, as a company, they have their roots in swimming um, and in goggles. Um, and so when I used to swim a whole lot more, I actually used to wear Roka goggles. And so it kind of makes sense that eyewear is sort of their bailiwick. Um, have you thought about getting any like high-end Roka sunglasses? No, because of the first word you use there to describe them, high-end, <laughs> right? They I'd are high-end. a cheap pair of glasses yeah. that I can wreck or fall or destroy and not worry about it. So Fair. I'm not going to wear a pair of 200 or $300 sunglasses uh, to go for a run-in. That's just not, not the model that I'm, <laughs> that, that I'm looking to achieve. You would look super cool, though. <laughs> it's not the glasses that make me look cool. So, Okay, fair, fair. Very good, very good. What else you got, Michelle? Well, 
it's not on my list, but I love the Roka Barton sunglasses. And unlike Eric, I will wear a $200 or $300 pair of sunglasses <laughs> to run. So I can switch to just some favorite apparel items. Um, should we go there? Sure. I think that'd be great. Okay. Uh, so I think I actually had a former colleague text me yesterday and say he was looking for some new stuff for his wife for Christmas. And previously we had kind of picked out a watch that we thought she would like, and she was pretty happy with that. So he wanted to get her or go look at a few, you know, clothing options. Um, and I quickly just came up with a few things that I'm continually reaching for and washing over and over right now. One of them is the Lululemon down for it all vest. I run in a group on Thursdays and I first saw this on one of the other women that run in the group last year. And I immediately bought two colors when it went on sale in May. So I hadn't worn it until it got cold this year. And then I was super excited, of course, because I got them both for 50% off and I waited six months to wear them. But I just love this vest. It's very flattering also. So, and I think there's a bunch of colors on sale right now. And then the other two items um, from Tracksmith, which I know we've talked about probably to no end here. And I didn't, actually didn't want to talk about because of the recent... Um, tracksmith stuff like whichever side of it you're on and it just didn't want to talk about tracksmith but as much as i don't want to talk about it i go for the brighton base layer or fells waffle layer every single day right now um and i happen to just still think that they're two fabulous shirts if you're looking to spend a bit more money um but on a shirt that you know you could wear on a 50 degree day, but also works for a 30 degree day and also works for when you don't have time to shower after you run and you don't want to smell. Yeah. They're really good for that too. Um, so, and then so Michelle, <laughs> on that, that real work? quick, before you come off of that, on that, and I'm not going to say anything about Tracksmith, but I will say this a uh, friend of the podcast, Lee Ragsdale did a run. I think it was 32 degrees. He was on travel and he didn't bring everything he usually brings all he had was his brighton base layer and he and was he fine made I a bet. comment he made a comment he would have rather had hat and gloves but all he did was tuck his hands in his sleeves and he got the run done so yeah. that's another point of that's a really good uh a really good yeah. item. i don't have that but i think that's a phenomenal item and then yeah. my wife and daughter the 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 waffle what is the shirt called again I think it's the Fells waffle layer, Fels just waffle. the basic the crew neck. Layer. Yeah, exactly. So. They they have multiple, um, multiple colors. They wear them all the time. I'm surprised they haven't worn holes in them. Those shirts are, <laughs> are phenomenal. Yeah. So I, I have think to um, now, I think the Brighton base layer is that about a hundred hundred and twenty dollars. I'm just so trying the to Brighton base layer. I think is ninety. Um, the Fells waffle layer is probably a hundred and thirty dollars, and it was really crazy. Tracksmith usually does a sale for Black Friday where if you spend $300, you get 10% off, $400, 20 and $500, 30 um, But instead, they just did a crazy where things were, everything was on sale and the Brighton base layer was 40% off. So it retails for $88 and the Fells waffle layer is definitely closer to $130. But they're very different shirts. Um, you can wear the Fells waffle layer on a 20 to 30 degree day on its own. It's just thick and warm. And it's rare that at least living in Atlanta, I need to layer that maybe at most under a light vest. But I feel like the Brighton base layer is just the most useful if you're going to buy one or the other because it's that 
weight of merino wool that can kind of just keep you cool if the temperatures rise, but also can keep you warm enough, like you said about Lee, you know, down into the low 30s if it's all you've got. So, um, yeah. Very and good. the last item that I told him he should buy, uh, I love the Athleta Rainier tights. They have like a soft micro fleece on the inside. They are on sale right now. This is for crazy $65. So they're 50% off. Plus there's some other gap or athletic codes out there. Um, I have two pair. I just ordered two more. Not that I need to consume any more running clothing, but um, it's pretty frustrating to be washing clothes every other day just for a pair of tights. So <laughs> I grabbed two more for the rest of the winter since my running is not slowing down anytime soon. And they've lasted for many years. So yeah. You're, you're also well, someone has a pair that... of those also. Yeah. And she is the definite like if it's if it's below 60 we're talking tights and like she likes to be warm and that yeah. is the go-to pair when it gets cold they're just yeah they're they're just they're right when it gets cold exactly i just love them um so i was mm -hmm. hesitant to try them a few years ago because you know i was kind of more married to the running specific brands and i mean i think athleta makes really good run clothing but i see it as more of a like first kind of a gap you know, athleisure brand, but it's mm -hmm. just a phenomenal product. Um, the two pairs I had, I've had for four years. So I just grabbed two more, but I will say they run really big. Like I have extra smalls in them and I'm so not an extra small. So um, just size mm -hmm. down if you get a pair. So you shouldn't feel bad about buying lots of clothes, <laughs> not only because it, it shortens how often you have to wash them, but, but at the same time, like Michelle, you, you are not only our expert on, on different gear, <laughs> but lots of people's expert on gear. And so in many That's ways <laughs> you need to buy clothes in order to get a sense of what the best stuff um, that is out there. So, so, so I hope you don't feel too bad about that. I don't, George, I don't know if you saw this, but I set up a contact for the running event under the pleasant exhaustion podcast and right email on. address so that right I, cause I'm pretty determined to go there next year. Um, I know we can get credential through the podcast and we obviously talk about, um, gear and apparel and shoes. Could you guys imagine if we talked about shoes on this podcast? Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I like, I'm determined to go there next year. <laughs> so I'm with it. I I'm on board. I think that sounds fantastic. Very good. Um, and we should say, since you just mentioned shoes, um, um, Eric said just a minute ago when talking about sunglasses that, that they're kind of personal. And I think that's true. We're going to talk about nutrition here in just a minute. That's certainly personal as well. Um, but I think of all the various things that need to be personalized for an athlete, shoes are probably the, the most personal. And so I think that we tend to shy away from giving a whole lot of shoe recommendations. Um, I, I know that that even with, when I'm talking to athletes one on one and they ask me about shoes, my, my first piece of advice is to go into a running specialty store, try on lots of different types of shoes and just kind of see what's comfortable and see what works well for you. Um, and and that, that is, I think, our kind of go to advice here on the podcast. Um, yeah, I think if you don't hear us talk about shoes on our gift guide, it's because we do talk about them on just about every other podcast episode. <laughs> but like George said, you know, we all wear a different shoe and sometimes we wear the same shoe. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's pretty go to your local running store and check it out. Right on, right on. Eric, you had some clothing on your list too, right? Yes, I did. In fact, um, just recently, I've found a pair of shorts that I think I can actually use to replace uh, many, many of the shorts I've been wearing for many, many years. Okay. So Eric randomly... went on a shopping spree. Let's just be clear. <laughs> yeah, so, 
we're going to talk about another product in a minute when we talk about nutrition and in receiving that package of nutrition inside it was a little card that said, go to this website, use this code and get some, get a discount. And the, the, the company was Goreware, G-O-R-E-W-E-A-R. Yeah. And you might know the product Gore-Tex. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know really the relationship, but Gore-Tex is a part of many of the Goreware items. Um, and so I went to the website and I said, hey, these actually look like, this looks like quality stuff. And the discounts were insane. And so I created the shopping report. Part of this is I created a, um, I created a shopping cart or whatever, and I had five or six items in it. And I was trying to figure out how to enter the code that they gave me. And in the act of doing that, I, and I was doing this on my phone. This was the problem. I ended up purchasing the whole thing. <laughs> oh, for real? That's fine. I, 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 I instantly went to Melissa and I said, you won't believe what I just did. Um, and it came back to, it was, it was using Apple Pay is what it was. It was because I hadn't put the code in, but it was asking me if I wanted to use Apple Pay. So I'm like, yes, I want to use Apple Pay. And the day before I had done this and it let you put the code in after you did the Apple Pay. And this one, as soon as you hit the Apple Pay, like most things, it purchased the whole thing. So I ended up purchasing the whole thing. <laughs> anyway, I ended up with five pairs of shorts and two <laughs> pairs of pants. And nice. I, I can't talk about the pants, so that'll be in the future. But I will say this. I bought the Goreware R7 2-in-1s and R5 2-in-1s. Um, they're shorts with compression shorts and outer layer shorts. Mm -hmm. Um, they actually look a lot like, and they function, I think a lot like the Lululemon shorts and other brands that have these same sorts of shorts. Um, but I have been nothing but floored by, uh, the fit, the, the look, I, I, yeah, it's, it's important. You don't want to look like an idiot out there running. And these, these look like good shorts. Um, the, the quality of the pockets and the zippers and the string. Um, I have not worn them for, you know, a whole year, so I can't really tell you how well they're going to last, but so far um, I'm spitting. Cool. And I'm, I'm replacing, you know, I have five pair now, so I'm replacing a good portion of the running shorts. <laughs> that may or may not. Are they all the, are the, the five <laughs> pairs of shorts? Places. Are they all those two in one shorts? Oh no. See, Oh yeah. Uh, uh, one pair is the R5 just straight, so it's not the okay. two-in-ones. So they okay. just have like a normal liner. Good. Good, good. I bought those. They're a little shorter. Uh, the seven and the five, um, I believe they're related to the length of the shorts, but that the R5 yeah. two-in-ones are way longer than the R5, just plain R5s. So okay. it's it's a bit it's a bit deceiving. Okay. Um, it may be more of the the version. Um, I will say. Um, I really like the shorts that I've had and I've got some Adidas shorts um, that I've been wearing for since the first year we ran the Blue Ridge Relay and mm -hmm. those have been great shorts, but they're just wearing out. So I needed to find something. So I was looking for something with compression. These have the compression liners and so far so good. These are, these have been really phenomenal uh, awesome. shorts. And as soon as I try out the pants, I'll come back and give you guys a, an update on the pants, but I haven't cool. tried them yet. So. Very good. I, I, I think the two-in-one shorts are really useful. 
Um, I, I think they're good because you can wear them in the gym without flashing everybody in the gym. Um, I think they're good because they, they keep you from getting chafed. Like whenever we do the blue Ridge relay or something like that, like my last two or three runs are always in two and one shorts or in tights. Um, just cause I'm starting to worry about chafing at that point. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're good for, for being on the treadmill because you sweat more when you're on the treadmill. Um, right. and I, and I certainly run plenty on the treadmill. And so I, I think two and one shorts are actually really versatile, um, uh, and, and I, I, I like wearing them. Um, most of my shorts are sort of standard shorts, but I think two in ones, it's, it's a good thing certainly to add to your, to your collection. So, very good. Yeah. And so I would say this too, you're looking, you know, 40% off right now on the R5 two in one shorts and the five is not five inches. That's a version. So the, the shorts, mm-hmm. they're 40, 40, $43 at 40% mm-hmm. off. And I think that's kind of in line with what most yeah. running shorts that are two in ones cost. Mm-hmm. The R5. I think it's on the cheap side, actually. Yeah. With the it's 40% crazy cheap. off. They're usually, they're usually 72. So with the 40% oh, okay. off, it's pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. That makes more the sense. The R5, yeah, R5 five-inch shorts, those are 20-something percent off. And they're, so they're like in the 50s. And the R7 two-in-one shorts, they're regularly $120. And they're currently $72. So they're 40% off also. So these are not cheap right? And I usually buy like the $25, $30 shorts. So this is a big step for me, but right now uh, I'm pretty happy with it. Good. Very good. Very good. And then the last piece of apparel that we have on the list is from you also, Eric. Um, So you've talked about socks on this podcast before, and then you have, you have a new favorite sock brand. I don't want to say it's my new favorite sock brand, but it's definitely (laughs) a brand that I'm going to I'm going to promote. So I did not buy these. These were given to me by one of my athletes. Um, uh, James Aldridge talked about him before he's been on the podcast. Yeah, um, on the podcast. It, it's, he gave me a pair of darn tough socks mm-hmm. and uh, D A R N. Um, and I'll tell you, I love the wordplay of darn oh, yeah. tough. Oh yeah. Um, and I also just love the socks. They're thick wool socks. Uh, they're colorful. Um, Every time I'm putting socks in my bag for a trip or for Blue Ridge, those get chosen. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of smart wool socks. I love my smart wool socks, but these are just a little bit more cushion. Um, and since the distances I do are a little bit longer, mm-hmm. um, I've really enjoyed them. And then when it's cold out, because they're a little bit thicker and, you know, I mentioned there were nods earlier in my fingers. I get it in my toes also. I've never had an issue with them. Mm-hmm. But because they're wool, well, I should say, and because they're wool, they get wet. They don't lose their uh, warming capability. And, you know, I'm an off-road runner, so I'm going through the creeks every once in a while. Uh, They don't hold water. I haven't got blisters with them. Uh, So I I can't say anything negative about them. And I've I've run them a lot. They don't look like they're starting to wear. They still, you know, bright colors. Um, The the, the wool is still thick. So I'm, I'm, I'm smitten with these as well. Darn tough mm-hmm. socks. No idea how much they cost. Never been to their website. These were given to me. <laughs> Thank you, I James. Mean, darn tough is about the same price range as like a smart wool or, you know, Thorlow. Um, it's a sock you can find in just about every REI or, you know, the more kind of like outfitter retailer type stores. And I do think they're trying to get more and more into running retail. So I've actually never bought a pair, but I've always wanted to. So this might be a Check back in a week or two. I might own a pair. 
Yeah, look, I'm looking at the website right now. It looks like the, the sort of regular price is somewhere between like seventeen and twenty two dollars, yeah. um, yeah. which That's is straight up smart wall pricing. Yeah, which is yeah. that same general price. But then they also have a clearance section, and so by all means, go to the clearance section, get the ugly ones, and uh, and you can give them a try. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, this time of year, they're hidden anyway, right? That's so. right. That's right. Yeah. What's the problem? Let's talk about some other kind of um, stocking stuffers, if you will, um, using a phrase that that of all people, Michelle brought up last year on the podcast. <laughs> um, um, uh, I want to give you some credit, Eric. Last year, you talked about on the podcast, uh, Squirrel's Nut Butter um, as your lubricant of choice. Um, and uh, I actually bought some of that and have been using it over the course of the past year. Uh, in all the various places that need to be lubed, I have been using Squirrel's Nut Butter. So Thank you, Eric, for that recommendation. I appreciate it. And and not only is it actually a good product, I actually like the company too. So um, by that all That is means. enough information about where you use squirrels <laughs> nut butter. I, I purposely tried not to give too much information about that. But um, I will say that that when you're looking for uh, lubricants for, for running, uh, that is a good company uh, whose product I used extensively this year um, in multiple runs of multiple sorts in multiple places and multiple distances. Um, and I do strongly recommend them as well. Um, I, I would also recommend this year, um, there's a brand of toe spacers that I bought. So speaking of, of uh, stocking stuffers, um, I've had a few different pairs of toe spacers um, that you sort of put on and leave on your feet for 30 minutes or more um, to kind of get your feet to relax a little bit. Um, and I bought a pair this year, only a month or so ago at the request of, or at the suggestion of uh, my coach. Um, and my coach, who's a friend of the podcast, she's been on here a couple of times, Carrie Rucker. Um, she is a doctor of physical therapy and she recommended this particular brand um, called Correct Toes. Um, and I bought them and they were pricier than I would have liked. Um, and they were definitely pricier than, than some of the, the cheaper brands. Um, and when I first put them on, I was like, they're not as aggressive as a lot of the other toe spacers I've worn in the past. However, um, I think that they're a little bit more precise. And as such, I think they've actually been a little bit more effective when I've worn them over the course of the past month or so. Um, plus, because they're also not as aggressive, you can put them under socks and you can wear them for one, two, two and a half hours at a time um, and, and pull them off and your feet and your lower legs feel loose and stretched out and all sorts of things like that. Um, whereas hey, hold, hold on a second. Yeah. I have never heard you talk about this. I have <laughs> never seen about you. toe spacers? Right. I, I've never seen you with these. And you don't need to see hours, his toes, Eric. And hours. I've seen much more than just George's toes. <laughs> okay, okay, <you> guys. <laughs> and this is why people love our podcast. But are we hiding... <laughs> have we been hiding this till now? I so mean, we have we have not been... it relaxes your lower leg. It does. Like I'm I'm floored here. I'm mm -hmm. and I'm starting to think about like how that actually would work. And I was thinking about like when you get shin splints, how you do toe exercises and how all that mm -hmm. stuff's connected up through your shins and mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm no, not for disbelieving. Sure. I'm I'm asking. 
Yeah, no, for sure. So, so, so here, here's effectively what happens, and and is that you put just a little bit of space between your toes, and it and it kind of, it's almost like like a a real passive massage to your feet, that that sort of pushes them apart just a little bit, um, in such a way that 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 ultimately over time a lot of the the tightness and the sort of bound up that you can get in the joints around your your ankle and your feet a lot of those things kind of start to 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 move and 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 break apart a little bit um and what i found is that when i had these really kind of big chunky uh toe spacers that that they almost were too much such that that my my body i think probably fought back against them and so the first mm-hmm. time I put the on these correct toes brands, um, they were they were far less aggressive. And I was like, and kind of flipped into my no pain, no gain mentality. I was like, oh, these aren't really going to do anything. I don't know why she recommended these. I you know, spent too much money on it. And and in fact, over time, they, they kind of hit the sweet spot. Um, they relaxed it. They, they spread it out just enough that, that it had an effect, but not so much that my body kind of rebelled back against it. Um, and, and I think that they have actually been more effective in, in loosening up, um, everything from the ankle down, um, as I've worn them over the course of the past little while here. So yeah, that is a stocking stuff that I recommend is, is correct yeah. And, and they're also small enough. They're low profile enough that you can put them on. You can even walk around some I've, I've had toe spacers in the past. You couldn't walk around when you had them on. Yeah. I went to their website built for an active lifestyle. Mm-hmm. The first picture shows a guy in a pair of ultras. Um, apparently wearing them inside his shoes. The second person's a lady on yoga mat, and the third guy's on like a balance thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I am super interested here. All right, cool. Make sure yeah. Melissa Thank listens you, to this part of the podcast. That's right. That's <laughs> so, right. <laughs> so Melissa has purchased these for Grace before, mm-hmm. and I've just never even considered them for myself. So, mm-hmm. huh? This is mm-hmm. this is cool. Um, wow. what do you, what do you got as far as stocking stuffers go, Michelle? So I love the idea of gifting somebody a race or somebody surprising you, signing you up for a race. I think that's really hard to do. I think it takes like the perfect, uh, partner or, you know, parent or somebody that knows your schedule X months in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, it would never work for me. So don't anyone mm-hmm. ever do that for me, <laughs> but an alternative to that, I think, which is so cool, is just a gift card to mm-hmm. like a run sign up website. I picked Ultra Sign Up. Um, I tend to go there when I'm looking for stuff that I don't kind of already know what it is. Um, but there are a bunch of, you know, and it's not just ultras, even something like Red Top Rumble, which is an 11 mile race up in Cartersville. You know, you could buy a gift card and then it would allow a person to kind of pick whatever race and whatever location and whatever distance. Um, obviously the small caveat that if it's not on run sign up, then, you know, you can't use the gift card, but there's so many races there. And just the idea of buying somebody the gift card so that they could sign up if they wanted to, especially if they're hesitant about spending more money on races, I thought was a great idea. Um, and I was unaware that they had gift cards. I don't know if this is the first year. It's probably not. It's probably just, I'm aware of it now. So mm-hmm. I love that idea. And then just to plug a sponsor, Elemental Altitude, you can buy, yeah. I think, a package of 10 sessions there. And we all know George did a lot of his training ahead of the London Marathon there last year. Um, I used it also 
<clears throat> in my preparation for the Leadville 50 this past summer. And they do a bunch of other testing. Also, we've done yeah. like a basic basal metabolic rate. What a, mm -hmm. meta BMR testing there. Mm -hmm. um, they will do a sweat test for you and they just kind of have the most scientific or whatever you want to call it. Everything is run through, you know, medical grade equipment and kind of all the latest and greatest in terms of technology and stuff. So I would say reach out to them if you yeah. wanted to buy somebody a gift card or give somebody a sweat test or a BMR test. What a cool gift. Agreed. Um, so, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I'm, I'm, and I'm glad you said that. And I wanted to say that too, at some point that, that they have a lot of really cool stuff that, that will make you more informed when it comes to uh, your gait or when it comes to your basal metabolic rate or whatever else, which can in turn inform all sorts of other future gifts. Um, but, but having knowledge about the way that your body works, um, obviously can, can help, uh, you come up with the sort of training that is going to work best for you. Um, and so, so yeah, elemental altitude, I strongly recommend not only sessions there, just training sessions there. And they, they certainly have, um, uh, lots of different types of training sessions you can do there. Michelle and I have both done runs there before. Um, but, but also, yeah, the, the wide variety of different physiological tests that they offer, uh, can, can certainly be extremely helpful as well. And those are good things to give as gifts. They're not super expensive. Um, and it depends on the test of course that you do or the session that you do. Um, but, um, but they can be impactful for sure. So, yeah. And Chuck's great. Uh, uh, we've had him on the podcast before. We'll talk to him again on the podcast early next year. Um, and uh, he had, I, we have nothing but good things to say about our friends at Elemental Altitude. If somebody has a big stocking, Eric, <laughs> I know what you would be stuffing in it are some Zwift Play controllers, right? So yes, George, from a technology perspective, you know, I can't be the, the, the tech guy without bringing something that's technology into mm -hmm. the conversation on mm -hmm. uh, gift guide. Um, my, my number one technology gift this year is the Zwift play controllers mm -hmm. uh, for someone who rides on Zwift. Um, mm -hmm. I have historically used my phone or I have a, I have a tab and I've got this setup where it kind of hangs off my handlebars and those things work. Um, but uh, you're going to sweat. It's hard to operate those things when they get a little bit sweat of sweat on them or they get a your room gets humid and they start, you know, get need to be wiped off. And those Zwift play controllers solve all that. Yeah. Um, they're down, they're connected to the bars of the bike. They are quality. They basically look like a Nintendo game controller that's been cut in half and you put yeah. one on each of your, uh, your drops on your handlebars. They fit right under the brake levers, which are kind of, not really that essential on an indoor bike, uh, mm -hmm. especially for George and I who don't take those bikes outdoor. Um, they provide braking and turning for certain aspects of the game. And then they provide all the controls for navigating the game um, when you're in the game environment, um, mm -hmm. you know, from taking a picture screenshot to starting and stopping a ride to switching bikes or wheels or whatever. And I've just found that- like I think Playing I power-ups, giving ride-ons, yeah. Playing Tele power teleporting to other parts of the yeah right. all of it. And if you don't know what these mean because you're not on Zwift, just understand that the person you know that is riding on Zwift would appreciate all of these things. <laughs> um, they're charged through US a USB, uh, so there's no like batteries to deal with. They seem very stout, um, especially for the environment they're in, which is pretty punishing from the sweat standpoint. I just I've really enjoyed them, and Me from too. what I understand. Um, 
friend of the podcast, Lee has them. George has them. I have them. They fit all of our bikes, the drops. Um, there are some, uh, you do need to check and make sure that they fit with the type of, um, uh, lever and shift changer that the bike has. But again, if it's a dedicated indoor bike, you can just take that stuff off anyway. Well, depending on, um, how you shift. So, so I think that's a pretty phenomenal gift. Um, they're only about a hundred dollars and, um, they'll probably come out with version two here in the next, you know, six months or so, but, and they might even be cheaper right after the new year, but I went ahead and got a pair and I, I would never go back. They're phenomenal. I agree. Yeah. They have steering and braking on them as well. Um, and, and some people bought them for that purpose and I use that a little bit and have gotten to where I don't really use that all that much after all. Um, but, but as, as Eric just said, I, I tend to access a whole lot more of the features of Zwift now because I can so much more easily using the Zwift play controllers um, that I couldn't before, because before I would have had to have either had to use an Apple TV remote, which is universally regarded as the worst remote ever created. Um, and, and that's even when your hands aren't all sweaty, um, and, or had to use like on an iPad, I would have had to have been trying to, to punch things in when I was sweaty and stuff like that. Um, they're easy to use. And I, I now will teleport for all over the place. I'll take more screenshots. I give far more ride-ons. Um, I play power play or I play, uh, power-ups much more, more effectively and much more strategically now. Um, I'm definitely getting a lot more out of the Zwift experience now as a result of using the Zwift play controller. So yeah, I'm a big fan yeah. too. From a racing perspective, you, you cannot discount the ease of being able to play a power up mm -hmm. and they are essential in certain race environments on mm -hmm. Zwift. Agreed. Uh, being able to accurately play it when you want. Um, yeah. Trying to touch a, a touch screen or like a phone or a, uh, a tab. I, there's just no comparison to how easy it is to do with the Zwift play controllers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, Zwift itself as an app, um, is a good thing to give to a cyclist, um, as would be Spotify, as would be Trainer Road, as would be My Fitness Pal, um, all sorts of different sporting apps that I think would probably be good apps um, that, that that certainly um, would be good gifts as well that we would recommend. Um, I want to do just a couple more here, um, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, I do want to recommend a book, um, and so we of course have our books of the quarter, and and we read Des Linden's book, which we would recommend. Um, we read Fit Nation, which I don't think we would actually recommend. Um, and then, of course, we read um, the the UTMB book by Doug Mayer that that Michelle and I uh, reviewed last week, which we would recommend. Um, um, in addition, I'm going to add one to that. And it's not a uh, new book. It's a book from 2016 uh, written by a guy that we've talked about a few times on here named Matt Fitzgerald. Um, he wrote a book in 2016 called How Bad You Want It? Mastering the Psychology of Mind Over Muscle. Um, and it's very similar to, or at least it starts off very similar to the book Endure by Alex Hutchinson, um, which we discussed on this podcast a couple of years ago. And we actually brought Alex Hutchinson on and he talked about it for us uh, for episode 100 of this podcast. Um, um, but ultimately, I think it's a, a better book. Um, it's all about the relationship between the brain and the body and how your mentality affects your physical performance. But whereas Endure basically makes the argument over and over and over and over again that your brain is the primary determinant of your performance, 
um, the How Bad Do You Want It by Matt Fitzgerald basically makes that argument in the introduction and then spends the remainder of the book almost telling you the details of that in a very practical way that talks about how to actually apply this understanding that the brain matters more than the body. Um, and so whereas in Endure, it just sort of wants to convince you of all the different ways the brain is more important in how bad do you want it, it actually gives you actionable ideas that you can apply. Um, and so if you're looking for a book that that is worthwhile and worth reading and and certainly something that that any runner would appreciate, um, and it's well written, has lots of great stories in it. Um, how bad do you want it? Mastering the Psychology of Mind or a Muscle by Matt Fitzgerald is, is certainly recommended. Um, and then the last thing I'll recommend too, um, since we've been doing strength work check-ins almost every week here, we didn't do one this week. Uh, I do want to recommend two things, uh, a slam ball by ProSource Fit. Um, my favorite exercise is using a slam ball, but you can use it for all sorts of different things like uh, medicine ball squats and that sort of thing. And then also a step up box. Um, Michelle and I have the same one because she recommended it to me. Um, it is by yes for all. Um, and it's of different dimensions, such as when you turn the box in different ways, you can be stepping up to different heights. Um, and so if you have it turned one way, you're stepping up 24 inches, then another way you're stepping up 36 inches, etc. Um, and I have found it to be a very sturdy and very worthwhile addition to my home gym, which is not nearly as extensive either one of y'all's home gym, but, um, it fits well in my garage. Final recommendations, Eric, anything we missed? I think I might've made this recommendation last year. I can't not remember hundred percent, but tailwind, mm. tailwind, uh, berry flavor. I'm a, I'm a big fan. And the tailwind order that we recently made is the one that I found the gore gear, um, advert and that got me into the gore gear shorts. So I just like tailwind even more. There you go. Very good. Nutrition is always a good thing to buy. Always a good stocking stuff or always something that, that athletes need things that don't really tend to, to expire. Um, and, and certainly there are personalized though. So, uh, whether it's Martin gels that Michelle and I use when we're training for marathons or tailwind drink that Eric uses by all means, those are good things as well. And there you have it for our 2023 gift guide. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays, Michelle. Happy holidays, George, Eric. Um, Eric, you, happy Michelle. holidays, Thank man. You, I, think, I think people were arriving at your house as we were recording. Is that right? <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> I'll, let me tell you guys something. I hope that if you uh, get gifts for yourself and you don't have to wrap them for yourself like I did for me, but even if you do, that you open them because we've exhausted eight nights of Hanukkah and I wrapped one gift for myself and it's still sitting wrapped on my dining room table. <laughs> I just never even opened it. <laughs> so um, watch your mailbox, Michelle. There might be a Hanukkah <laughs> gift on the way from somebody. Oh, gosh. So, <laughs> okay. um, thank you, Eric. Thank you, Michelle. Appreciate you listening. Everybody. All right. Have a good weekend, guys. You too. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pleasant podcast, on Twitter at pleasant podcast, on Instagram at most pleasant exhaustion. We're available on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast. Be sure to share us with your friends. Blue Pineapple Travel can be found at bluepineappletravel.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash bluepineappletravel, or on Instagram at bluepineappletravel. We're also proud to be sponsored by Elemental Altitude. 
Atlanta's best and only altitude training facility. You can find them at elementalaltitude.com, on Instagram at elementalaltitude, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash elementalaltitude. And finally, High Echelon. You can find High Echelon at highechelonctpa.com. On behalf of Michelle Frank, Patrick Ollinger, and Eric Hall, I'm George Darden. Thanks for listening to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. We'll see you next time.